Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. Thank you for joining me on my drive to work on this fine Wednesday morning. Although you probably won't be listening to this on Wednesday morning. But here we are. Basketball's back. Life is good. The Lakers are pretty good. Clinched the one seed against the Jazz the other night, so not too much to complain about. Definitely definitely been a little bit rusty is what kind of what it seems like, but it's good to have Lakers basketball back. So let's jump into it. So since my last episode, the Lakers, well, the NBA season has officially restart. So the Lakers played the Clippers on Thursday. Um, followed by the Raptors on Sun Saturday and the Utah Jazz the other night. So let's kind of do a little quick recap of those games. So the Lakers played the Clippers on Thursday, July 30th. They were able to pull out the W, 103-101. to 101. It, was a, it was a very fun game, I'll say that. I wasn't too, you know, it the Lakers didn't really leave off, didn't pick up where they left off, so to speak. Um, but it was a fun and entertaining game. Anthony Davis came out, played really well, really helped carry the team. Um, Kyle Kuzma played really well. He's been shooting really well these past three games. Um, and LeBron James, I'm not, I'm not worried about LeBron James, but. He hasn't, he hasn't been playing how he was playing before the season was suspended, so I'm assuming that that's part of just getting prepped for the playoffs. He's not, you know, why drive to the basket a bunch and crash for rebounds a bunch if you don't need to, you know, no, no need to roll an ankle or anything like that. But early on in the, you know, in the game against the Clippers, I was a little surprised by it at first I just wasn't ready or expecting him to be playing like that but now looking back on it things kind of make sense but um so Lakers played the Clippers the Clippers were without Lou Williams or Montrez Harrell so they were a little bit understaffed so to speak um and it's always sucks when the Clippers do that because it makes it really really difficult to gauge just how good they are or what a playoff series would even look like against them so you know we've had we have four different games of Lakers versus Clippers two in which the Lakers have won two in which the Clippers have won yet I still feel like I don't have a great handle on on the Clippers as a team and what a playoff series against the Lakers would actually look like and how I think it would go. I mean, I think 
everyone's been saying that a playoff series, Lakers-Clippers, would go to Game 7, which I think is probably true, but I think part of the reason people say that is because they <laughs> don't know they don't know what the Clippers are bringing to the table and how the Lakers can counteract that. We do know that the Clippers don't play great against Anthony Davis. You know, they can't. They have no one that can really handle Anthony Davis. They have plenty of people that can cover LeBron James. Yet we've seen LeBron James, you know, have a huge game against against them to help the Lakers win. So, like, it's really just hard to say how the Lakers are going to do. So this first game back in the bubble, no Lou Williams, no Montrezl Harrell, who are two pretty big role players for the Clippers. So that's tough. And the Lakers only barely beat the Clippers 103 to 101. Um, the Clippers had the last shot with Paul George just barely missing a three to win the game. So we're a shot away from the Clippers winning that game. So it's, you know, the Lakers get the W, which is nice, but it could have really gone either way. You know, your couple, the Clippers were one bounce away from, from having that win. So I'm happy with the win. I'm happy with in general, you know, first game back, it's hard to have huge expectations. That's part of it, too. I mean, like, the Clippers and Lakers, one of the games they played against each other was the first game of the season back in November or whenever the season starts. So, like, the even that game, it's hard to, hard to gauge, really, because, like, all those guys are playing with each other for the first time. Um first game of the season first game jitters all that stuff and like the Lakers are a big chemistry team and so like building up that chemistry was still in the making at the time so it's hard and then you jump to the restart and it's almost like the same thing where it's like you're restarting the season again first game against the Clippers um things were out of whack I mean both teams did not play very well the Clippers had a ton of turnovers and then the Lakers went on and had a ton of turnovers later in the game. LeBron James didn't really attack the basket. He wasn't really playing offensively. Like, he wasn't really attacking offensively much. I think he ended up with 22 points or 20 points. So, like, you know, he got he got his points eventually. You know, I think at halftime he only had six or, or so. So, like, you know, he ended up putting in work, but... He wasn't. He wasn't the Le, the LeBron we were seeing when he was fighting Giannis for the MVP race against in that stretch against the Bucks and Clippers before the end of the season. So, um, you know, and I think like part of it is he's taking it kind of slow to get into it. You don't want to just jump into the restart and he's had some groin issues and he you know it's better to be fresh for the playoffs than to be winning eight these eight games and not be available the end goal is a, is a championship so I I get it now but watching the game I'm like all I wanted was to beat the Clippers so like watching the game was definitely frustrating um but but I kind of get it I get the the strategy of it all 
a nice surprise was Kyle Kuzma. He, against the Clippers, put up 16 points, shot very well, um, and he's done. He's been doing that so far in the in the other two games that the Lakers have played. So that's been great. Overall, the Lakers shooting has been pretty abysmal, at least from the three-point line. I think I saw a stat on Twitter a couple days ago that the Lakers are shooting something like 28% from three-point line in their first three games of the NBA restart. So that's pretty awful. You know, you get guys like Danny Green who his role is to play defense and to make threes. And... He's just not he's not fulfilling that role very well. So hopefully we can kind of get things going, get back into the rhythm of things for when the playoffs start, but that's something to watch out for, something that has definitely been a bit of a concern so far, but it doesn't mean that they can't get it going. And then another nice surprise has been Dion Waiters. I came in with very, very low expectations, and he has delivered. I mean, he's not playing a huge role yet. Um, I don't know if he will at all, but he's not playing a huge role yet. And he has been able to take guys off the dribble, pull up, hit shots, and go to the basket you know like in the game against the Clippers I kept waiting for LeBron to just try and like play that bully basketball freight train it down and and get a layup you know and he just wasn't doing that kind of stuff but then Deion Waiters came into the game and you know he like would cross up a guy do a spin move and then hit a layup with contact kind of like a LeBron type move and and I was like there it is you know he's Deion Waiters is kind of doing what LeBron James normally is doing, or in theory should be doing. So it was nice to see that from Deion Waiters. I think he'll be a great addition off the bench during these playoffs. Um, but I think the really big, the big question or concern for the Lakers, aside from the shooting, is really the defense. Um, I mean, holding the Clippers to 101 points in the first game was pretty good. Um, they are without Avery Bradley, who is a big, a, a big guy. Well, he's not a big guy, but he's a he's a staple in their defense to cover to cover the guards. Um, and we're without him, so I think we're definitely seeing that. I think that it helped against the Clippers not with them not having Lou Williams and those types of guys so like it wasn't as big of a deal but like we definitely saw even though even though LeBron was not being wasn't taking up a huge role of attacking the basket offensively he did take up a huge role in the defense and he really stepped up especially when it mattered but he was really um you could tell he was putting out the effort to try and stop guys, to try and stop Kawhi and Paul George. Um, the last possession of the game was a huge example of that, where LeBron 
was on Kawhi. He stayed in front of him, stopped him, made him pick up his dribble. Kawhi kind of panicked a bit, got the ball to Paul George. There was a switch. LeBron picked up Paul George, was all up in his grill around the three-point line, and then Paul George tried to pump fake and try and draw the foul. And LeBron was there, but he kind of just like it was funny because you're always, you know, we're always taught growing up in basketball and playing like in high school and stuff, just like how important closing out is and getting a hand in the face of the shooter. And LeBron was up in his grill in his face, but then he saw that Paul George was trying to draw a foul by pump faking. And so LeBron basically almost just like walked away from him, not like in a bad way, but in a way to like not to not get caught with a foul. So it was actually a pretty smart move, I thought, but he... Um, he's up in his grill. Paul George like does like a pump fake or tries to like lean into him, and LeBron just like kind of has his hand out, but then like turns away and walks away, and doesn't foul him. Paul George misses, and it's funny because Paul George gets upset and like wants to get the foul call, but there's literally nothing that could have happened. And I get like guys complain. LeBron complains all the time. I'm not saying that it's bad that Paul George is complaining. It's just funny because he's complaining, but then LeBron just walks away. Uh, so there's just nothing that the refs even could have called a foul on. So it was a – I've never really seen anything like that in a real-life, like, NBA game. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting, um, pretty funny. So all in all, it was nice to get the win against the Clippers – there was definitely a little bit of rust, and I think that the Lakers are just trying to work through their new rotation, adding new guys to the team, losing guys. There's there's a lot going on, so the fact that they're able to still play at a high level and compete with the guys like the Clippers, even though they're missing Lou Williams, Montres Harrell, um, it was important to get that win coming out the gate, even just from like a a morale standpoint so that's awesome moving into like the game against the Raptors though less awesome so remember how I was saying that Avery Bradley was a big miss or we've been missing Avery Bradley a lot on the defensive end well Kyle Lowry dropped like 34 or 37 points against the Lakers for the Raptors so like that's a huge example of like Teams with good guards are going to hurt the Lakers, especially because we don't have Avery Bradley. So, like, we have Alex Caruso, who was able to step up and play good defense against guards, but he's not obviously going to be able to play 35 minutes a game of good defense on a guy like Kyle Lowry, you know. So, Kyle Lowry goes and drops 30 30-something points. Um, and the Raptors beat the Lakers. They ended up winning by double digits. Um, so that was pretty frustrating. It's tough because I want to see the Lakers beat good teams to kind of give me... And this is, you know, we want to see them beat good teams so that we know that they can succeed going into the playoffs um 
the Raptors are a very good team. They're the they're in the number two seed right now in the East, just below the Bucks, and they're kind of like the Clippers of the Eastern Conference. Like, not exactly in terms of personnel, but just in that they're a team that could very easily be the one seed had things gone just a little bit differently. And they'll probably take the Bucks to a seven-game series if they meet each other in the playoffs, just like the Clippers probably will do to the Lakers. So, like, they're a team that, if a few things bounce their way, could very easily end up in the finals this year. Um, so that's a, you know, it's a tough loss to see the Lakers lose by double digits. But they just didn't have it. They just were not, they just did not play well at all. They had a ton of turnovers. AD never really got into his rhythm offensively. You know, I wasn't not... Not totally sure what was going on there. I, the Raptors were, were, really focusing on double teaming Anthony Davis, so like, he wasn't able to really get into a rhythm, um, and the role guys, role players weren't. There was no one to really pick up the slack, and LeBron just wasn't. I think LeBron only had 14 points, so like he wasn't really. I don't, I don't know if it was that he was purposely not trying or if he just wasn't able to get into the rhythm easy either. Um, but it just was not a good game for the Lakers. I think we can kind of mark that one off as just like a down game. I think if that game really mattered like in a playoff series, I have a feeling that it would have gone differently. It would have been a little closer. Um but it was only the second game of the restart and they just it wasn't a, a must win game so definitely a bummer to lose to a team like that but there's not too much reason to like hang our heads as fans on that on that loss and then moving on to the Jazz um, the, the Lakers got the win against the Jazz which is awesome <laughs> Anthony Davis got back out of his slump, dropped uh, 42 points. So he really, really killed it that game. LeBron, I think, had 25 or so points. So, you know, he's been, he hasn't put up 30 yet. He's kind of been in that 20 point range. But when Anthony Davis is dropping 40 points, you don't need to, LeBron doesn't need to do that. So, like, that was a great example of time where LeBron really doesn't need to be attacking offensively the other two games I would argue maybe I mean Anthony Davis had a good game against the Clippers but like that game was really close so like those 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 other two games I could make see an argument or make an argument that LeBron probably if they're really really trying to win the game should be attacking offensively more but a game against the Utah Jazz where where Anthony Davis is playing well enough to hit to make 40 to score 40 points, 42 points. There's not much that there's not much else that LeBron needs to do. So like that 25 points is perfect, you know. Not and like he makes it look effortless too. Like people are saying like LeBron looks like he's been getting out of the gate slow. LeBron looks doesn't look too great so far, but he had 25 points, I think like eight and nine eight rebounds nine assists or or the other way around but like that's a that's a that's a great game like if you're averaging 25 points in a game 
you're in the top of the league. Like, that's good. So, um, so they both played well. And what was great about it, too, is people have said that Rudy Gobert should be Defensive Player of the Year. Um, no, not because he shut down the league with COVID-19, but um, they... I've seen some articles where they've, where they've, people have said that Rudy Gobert is Defensive Player of the Year, and LeBron kind of proved, or sorry, Anthony Davis kind of proved that that shouldn't be the case. He proved in this game that not only should Rudy Gobert not be Defensive Player of the Year, but he had a lot of great defensive plays, and that he probably should be Defensive Player of the Year. So, so that was awesome. Um, But it was good. The Lakers got a, a good win against the Jazz, and not only did they get the win, but they they officially clinched the one seed in the West in the Western Conference. So that's awesome. Um, that's huge, actually. So we still have five games left of this of these seeding games before the playoffs start, and the Lakers can really just coast their way through it now. Obviously, we would want to make sure we want them to make sure that they're um, staying up on. They're not getting too complacent, and they're still getting their reps and getting into game shape and all that stuff. But um, it's nice that they're able to kind of do what they need to do to just make sure they're prepared for the for the for the playoffs, and they don't have to worry about the the one seed anymore. Um, it's nice because like the one seed in theory didn't really matter much, just because there's no home court advantage. But I think it's something that the Lakers still wanted to accomplish. So it's nice that they've accomplished that goal, but they can now also move, you know, just move on and focus on what really matters, which is winning an NBA championship. All right, so let's, you know, speaking of the seeding and all that stuff, let's move on and transition transition to talking about the bottom of the Western Conference and that eight seed and who the Lakers will be playing. So, and just the seeding in general. Because, like, the Lakers, so they, they snatched that one seed, which is awesome, and they can now kind of, like I was saying, coast into the playoffs. But what's interest, interesting is they play, so they play the Thunder today, when Wednesday today, um, and then they play the Rockets in their next game, I believe. And those two teams are both kind of in the middle right now of the Western Conference, uh, in the in the middle of those eight seeds. And the Rockets are playing well. I think they had started in the sixth seed. Six? Maybe even seven. I think it was a sixth seed to start in the NBA restart, and they're already bumped up to the... I think they're already bumped into fourth place right now. So, being in... Fourth or fifth is on the Lakers' side of the bracket for the playoffs. So, like, just from a strategic standpoint, like, with how the, the Rockets have been playing, I think the Lakers would love to avoid the Rockets at all costs in the playoffs. Not necessarily because we're afraid that the Lakers are going to lose to the Rockets, but we did see the Rockets give the Lakers some trouble in the regular season, and we with how they've been playing and how well they've been playing. You know, they just beat the Bucks, um, And 
they could definitely cause some problems for the Lakers just in terms of the effort the Lakers need to give to win a series against them. So, so it'll be interesting to see how the Lakers play the Rockets and their next, not the next game, but the game after that, because if the Rockets are going to keep playing well, then we just want, as Lakers fans, we would want them to get to the three seed. Because I would rather see... Cause, so currently the standings, we have the Lakers 1, Clippers 2, Nuggets 3. I think it's Rockets 4 now. And I'm not going to lie, I don't know the rest after that. Um, I don't have it in front of me. But um, somewhere in there we have the Thunder, the Mavericks, and then currently the Grizzlies. So... Um, and the Jazz. So, we as as I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for Lakers fans as a whole, but I personally would rather have the Lakers play the Nuggets in a in the second round series as opposed to the Rockets right now. Just because not only are the Rockets trending up right now, not only did they give the Lakers problems with their small ball lineup the first time they played them, but also Again, going back to to missing Avery Bradley in our lineup defensively, the point of attack, the the guys who have the who are handling the ball and are also the guys with the, at the point of attack for the other team are the guys that Avery Bradley usually would be picking up on defense. So think right, you know, like James Harden in, in this case. We don't have someone. I mean, LeBron can cover James Harden. Like we have guys that can like rotate and cover and all that stuff. But like, it's a huge load off of LeBron having having Avery Bradley in the lineup to be able to um, cover James Harden and to not have to worry about that or to to have to be able to cover the guards that are that are trying to attack on offense. Um, so the Rockets could definitely cause trouble for the Lakers. Um, so all that being said, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw the Lakers purposefully lose to the Rockets in order to try and help them get up to that three seed. Um, it's, it's an interesting strategy that... I. It's interesting in general now that the Lakers have claimed the the one seed in the West, how they themselves can kind of help strategic strategize things. You know, like do they also let the Thunder win? Because I would much rather have the Lakers play the Thunder too, depending on where they're seated and like how the rest of their games go and stuff. So it is all a very. Um, It'll be fun to see how the Lakers play these next games. I, I don't think that we'll be seeing them really try too hard to win most of them, just because they don't they don't matter anymore for the Lakers themselves. But they could matter indirectly, so that'll be fun. And then moving back down to the eight seed question, so the team that the Lakers would play in the first round of the playoffs currently. So the way things are going to work in this scenario 
with these seeding games is that if the ninth seed team is within four games back of the eighth seed team, they're gonna they're gonna play a playing game where the eight seed has to only win one game, and the nine seed would have to win two games in order to clinch that eighth spot. So currently, we have the Grizzlies and the eight seed, and they're definitely the ninth seed team is definitely within uh, four games of them. So there's going to be playing games. The Grizzlies haven't been playing great. The so the teams that are kind of in that in that hunt are the Grizzlies, the Trailblazers, the Pelicans, and the Spurs. So of those teams, I the best team there is the Blazers. So I would not be shocked at all if the Blazers got either within within the range for the playing games against the Grizzlies or if they just overtook that eight seed altogether. Um, the, the, the Blazers do have a pretty tough schedule here on out. Um, so it's possible that they lose enough games to not be in that hunt. But in terms of teams and who they have on the teams and all that stuff, Damian Lillard, CJ McCollum, the addition of Nurkic, like the Blazers are definitely the best team of those four teams. Um, but obviously the schedule matters and where they're already at in the standings matters. So it's possible it could be just enough to keep them out of the playoffs. But I think that's worst case scenario for the Lakers is if the Blazers get to that eight seed. Not because the Lakers, again, they're not going to lose a series to the Blazers in the first round of the playoffs, but it's all about the amount of effort that the Lakers have to put in to that game, to the, in, you know, early on in the playoffs. Like, with the past Lakers teams that have won championships, we've seen most of the time things don't get really tough until um, the Western Conference Finals and the Finals. I will say the last Lakers championship team in 2010 when we beat the Celtics in Game 7, that that team did have a pretty tough road to the Finals. One in which they lost a few games and were had to play deep into series against teams um, I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. I think they played the Rockets in the Western Conference Finals that went to Game 6 or Game 7. They played was it the Suns I think in the second round of that of that of those playoffs where things weren't looking like we were in game 6 and Ron Artest hit a was that I always get the 2009 championship in 2010 mixed up but either way like the 2010 one was not an easy was not a super easy road to the championship um so that is one example in which it worked out but um, the Blazers getting into that eight seed is definitely worst case scenario. So we, as Lakers fans, would in theory want to do whatever we could to make sure that, well, not that we can do anything, but we would want 
we would hope that it that whatever the things don't bounce the blazers away from here on out um and really like of those teams the best still the best case scenario team to play would be the the grizzlies um They're definitely the youngest, not not as strong. John Morant's a good player, but he's a rookie, you know. Um, even the Pelicans, if they got in there, Zion is a rookie, but he's um, and really he's a he's a matchup problem. It's hard to match up against him. Um, and then you have they have veterans like JJ Redick, and they have. Um, Drew Holiday, like, they have good good veteran players also on that team, so it's a pretty, it's more balanced, and then Brandon Ingram's a star in the making, so, like, that team would kind of remind me a lot of the, the Young Thunders team that would play the Lakers in, like, the first round of the playoffs, where, like, you could tell they were going to be good, but they just didn't quite have it yet, like, that's what the Pelicans are going to be, especially if they, you know, it'll be a very similar vibe, I think, so... I think we really just want to hope that the Blazers don't get in. I think even, like, the Spurs, they've been playing pretty well. They just lost to the Sixers on, like, a buzzer beater. Um, so, like, they're playing good basketball to, like, be playing with the Sixers, but they're without LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, they're, they're, they're just kind of like a weird team. Like, I don't think it would be a problem for the Lakers to play them. They might steal one win, but... But really, yeah, like Spurs, Grizzlies, not as worried about. Pelicans, a little more worried, but not too bad. But then if the Blazers got in, that'll be... It's not that like I would be too, too worried. It's just like it just sucks that the Lakers are going to have to go to like... It would probably be a six-game series against the Blazers. You know, I think that the... If all things go well, maybe a five-game series, but... It's it's just what you don't want in the first round of the playoffs, especially especially if the Rockets end up in the fourth or fifth seed and win that series. To go from the Blazers to the Rockets, that's rough. Um, and then presumably end up the, against the Clippers. So like it's a it could be a rough playoff road. And I mean like we've never seen this really before, at least not in my lifetime, where there's been this much parity throughout the. The, um, the the NBA as a whole, but especially the Western Conference. I mean, the Western Conference has always been been pretty strong, but like the Blazers are a team that that have caused the Lakers a lot of problems in the regular season. Um, and Damian Lillard, who knows? He's a firecracker. He could go off at any moment and drop forty. So it's it'll be very fun to see how the Lakers strategically play. Um, against teams, and it'll be fun to now that the Lakers have clinched that one seed. There's less to less to watch for in terms of the Lakers winning games, but there's definitely more to watch for in terms of um, the bottom of the Western Conference and all those games and how how the seeding really plays out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you liked the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you haven't already. Uh, give me a follow on Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen to podcasts. 
And then you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Lagers Carpool. You can find my personal account on Instagram or Twitter at jbrooksy. That's a J-B-R-O-O-K-S-Y-Y. And, again, if you like the podcast and you want the podcast to grow, um, please share it on your social media. Strike up conversation with me. I love feedback. I love I love uh, hearing from fellow Lakers fans. So thanks again for listening, and go Lakers.